welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crappy Christian. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids, and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Nicole, hey, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Yay, thanks for having me. Best podcast name ever. Totally agree. <laughs> Thank you. Thank if we you. can all be, if we can all admit we're not that great at this and have joy in the midst of it and like mm-hmm. freedom to not be great, I think that's awesome. So yeah, and talk about it. Like, let's talk about yeah. the ways that I'm not great about this because that's biblical. Yes, actually. Yes. So it's awesome. You are the author of the miracle moment, which helps people discover the practical tools to navigate relationship essentially yeah. and connection. And I told you before we started recording that this is very on brand <laughs> for me because I'm having a lot of conversations privately and publicly about relationships and specifically like navigating kind of difficult seasons in relationships. And so to get us started, can you just explain like, what is the miracle moment? What does that mean? What does it look like? Totally. And you know, this is like, we didn't know what to title the book. And I kind of already was like underway and my editors called and they were like, you titled the book. You, you said in your introduction that this this little thing you're describing is a miracle. It's a miracle moment. Mm. And so I was like, yeah, I I do see this. So in my work, um, I've spent like years in fitness and then years as a therapist and years as a pastor. So I'm kind of like integrating like all the stuff in one place. And one of the consistent things that I see there is that becoming a pro at relationships is not about doing it right every time. It's about being able to be in a moment where you have a conflict that creates, or or just like you have a cross with someone that creates a moment where you want to blow up at them, where you want to give up on the relationship, or you just like withdraw from. Mm -hmm. And after that moment is actually where the miracle can happen. When you are in a moment where you react to a conflict, it's not that moment that's the miracle. The miracle happens in the way you respond next. And the mm. whole book is about how do I respond after that, which we are all familiar with. Everyone probably listening has probably already had a miscommunication today. Like <laughs> we have this happen all the time. So it's really about that moment in our work lives, in our relationships, in our families, in our friendships, where we're like, how do I communicate what's inside of me? outside of me in a way that makes a connection. And I think that's what the miracle is, is that conflict can actually create deeper connection if we navigate it properly and we're willing Absolutely. to grow. Absolutely. I love that you kind of give these options. It's like, I think you say in the book, shut up, blow up, or give up. <laughs> that's Which, right. When I was reading about this before we started interviewing, I realized those really are, it really does sum up the three ways that people generally respond mm-hmm. specifically in conflict. And I think we have a tendency to feel justified Mm -hmm. in whichever Mm -hmm. one ours is. Have you found that? 
Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, this whole conversation about self-awareness, one of the things that I talk about in the book is like, if you could have two tools in your pocket, if you could put a, a tool in your right hand pocket and a tool in your left hand pocket, the tool in your right hand pocket would be, I am not as right as I think I am. Like mm. if you can, you're like, mm, no, thank you. I don't like, like that aren't one. You an, aren't you an Enneagram 8? Like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're like, nothing. Um, so you, I, my, like one of my best friends is at eight and we have these conversations all the time because literally through the miracle moment, she has practiced saying, I'm sorry. Like I give a very clear like directive on how to say you're sorry. And mm-hmm. she's like, it's as if the words don't mm. want to ever come it's, out of my mouth. It's like, what's that scene in Liar Liar where he's like, this pen is red. <laughs> like, I like, I can't do it. <laughs> but knowing so your flaws is, is knowing the ways you need to grow is, is a strength, right? Yeah. Well, and also like, there's a part of that that is strong. Cause when I get to my left-hand pocket, like there's a part over here that is going to be hard for others. So for the Enneagram eight, for the Enneagram one, like there is a part of our personalities where, Hey, if I'm going to have a conflict, it's because I feel really justified that I'm right. Right. And one of the ways to even break toward a miracle moment is like, can I leave it possible that I'm, there's like a 10% chance that I don't completely understand this situation, that there's a 10% chance that like my perspective could be off. So you keep that tool in your right hand pocket, but in your left hand pocket is the tool that says, I'm not as wrong as I think I am. Because there's a whole nother level of people. There's a whole different kind of person who once they get into a conflict, they would rather insincerely apologize Mm. or move on or stuff how they feel about it because they actually have a lot of shame and they feel Mm -hmm. like if I'm not doing this perfectly and we can vacillate between both, but absolutely. um, I think there's just a part of it where if I could land between those two tools where when I'm in a moment where I have emotion, how do I honor the emotion that I'm having? Like I might not be completely right, but I'm also not completely wrong. Like I'm reacting to this moment for a reason Right. So how do I honor my emotions, honor my life to ask the question of like, what is the reason? Like, how could I be curious about what's yeah. really going on here inside of me? I love that you're giving options too, because, okay, even as an Enneagram eight, even as a really strong personality type there, I do, I think in the journey or attempts towards self-awareness and growth, mm-hmm. you can go too far. And I have been found myself in situations, even as a really strong personality type where I'm apologizing for things that I'm not really sorry for, because I didn't, Mm -hmm. I didn't actually, I didn't mess this up, you know? And so I think that it's important, you know, people get all weird about the Enneagram and that it puts you in a box, which I I think it lets you out of the box, but yes, that whether you lean one of these two, like tools, ways, or the other, like that doesn't mean that you don't, ever like lean towards the, the other one. Absolutely. Yeah. And some of us, we come hard at a conflict and then once we're in it, we back out. Like, Mm -hmm. so there's, there's all kinds of, but what it really does, like, is it gives us this way. It's like, it's like a little, it is your little conflict toolbox where Mm -hmm. it gives you this way of saying, I just had a weird interaction. Like it could be as as gentle as that. Like I just had a weird interaction with my husband this morning, or I just feel like with this friend, we just like missed each other. So if I have these two tools and I can be curious about my response and my reaction, I might be able to get to a deeper place where I'm actually yeah. understanding what's going on with me. And in the book we talk, and you and I were talking before the show 
um, a lot about what do I do with my emotions? Like, how do I feel my feelings? And then do so, because I don't want them to run my life. Feelings aren't designed right. to run our life. Right. But so I can't just be like, whatever I feel is like reality, but also they have a purpose in your life. And they're, they're legitimate. Not, yeah. They're totally legit. I'm, I'm sure we're on a very real podcast, correct? So yeah. One of my favorite things that would happen when I was in student ministry is girls would be talking to me and they'd be like, but it's because I have PMS. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, yes. I hear you. Like probably like your emotion around that thing might be, might be sort of exacerbated by your PMS, but it doesn't like make the thing that you're experiencing any less true. So let's like, exactly in it, you know? So that is such a hard, I'm just coming out of a season and, and a, re- a lost relationship where that was kind of mm. part of the deciding factor was this tension between wanting to honor feelings. Yeah. But at the same time, it being like, but you're, you're, <laughs> this is going to sound terrible. Like your feelings are wrong. Yeah. yeah. But like your feelings aren't telling you the truth. Your feeling mm-hmm. may, maybe your feeling isn't wrong, but your feeling isn't telling you the truth. Your feeling isn't like your feeling is in this moment, in this vacuum, and it's not taking into account years of history or, or truth. There you go. And yeah. that's, that's, I think where we get, where we get stuck is like, yeah. we get, we put on blinders and it's this yes. moment, um, informs everything. Absolutely. And that's a great, I mean, and you're, you're naming something so important in the work of self-awareness because I sort of give three options for what you can do with your feelings in a moment, right? So you can release them, you can reassign them or you can respond to them. So, Mm -hmm. and what I mean by that is like, there are times where we have an emotion and if we're able to do the work of self-awareness and to grow and be like, I've done some personal work. So I know like, I'm actually kind of sensitive in this area, let's say, yes, you know, like as an eight, like it's very hard for you to be vulnerable. You know, that you have this tendency to want to protect and you're protecting yourself as well. You want to show up strong and I feel betrayed in an, in a, like a yes. second, like you can yeah. look at me wrong. And I'm like, you have, you have betrayed me. You right. know what I mean? And exactly. I'm, I know that now, right. You know that now. So you can sometimes say, okay, I might need to like release this emotion. Cause it's not actually, it's not about the moment I'm in, which is a huge place where we like mess up is especially yes. with like girlfriends. Sometimes I feel like girlfriends are like, I am so let's like, just go with it. I am so unhappy in my marriage. I am so stuck in my marriage. I don't feel like my husband hears me. So I'm going to like blast it out into all of these other relationships. I'm going to have all these feelings and I'm going to take them out on different places because I feel so stuck here. I'm like, girl, that ain't my problem. And like, you should get help. Like we want to help each other deal accurately with the emotions and the relationships that we're in. Right. Exactly. But there's also this like second approach, which is I need to reassign this emotion. Because the reality is like, I, I tell a story in the book about like, just literally like snapping at my husband at the coffee pot. Like he, he, this is during COVID. He came up to me at the coffee pot and asked me if I wanted to take a walk. And I literally, I was like, does it look like I can take a walk right now? Like it was like so inappropriate. And I could tell in his face that he just was like, his face fell and he just walked away from me. The reality is he's really laid back. I wouldn't have even had to revisit the moment. He would have just let it go. Right. But I was writing this book and I'm like, wait a second, like, let me be in my, let me be curious about my reaction. What was happening before? What was I thinking about? 
And what I realized is I just put emotion in the wrong place. Like mm. I, I needed to reassign an emotion I was having. And the emotion I was having is I was actually frustrated about our rhythms of COVID, like the way that he was able to do his work versus the oh. way I was able to do my work. But yes. I never talked to him about it. Like, right. I, and so it's not, you can't be frustrated at the coffee pot and, <laughs> and let that be okay when you need to reassign an emotion. And so I actually sincerely apologized for the moment at the cop. So it was like, Hey, I was wrong. Like, I'm sorry. What can mm -hmm. I do to make it right? Like I should, it, it, like, not only did I disrespect you, I disrespected you in front of our children. I don't like doing that. I'm and sorry. you were being sweet. There's nothing worse yeah, than oh, like, yeah. oh, he was being they're so doing something kind. sweet and you're a jerk and yeah. you have to go back and be like, yeah, <laughs> I know. Not, not, not. But most right. of us like, we just try to say, I'm sorry, but I'm sorry, but I realized I'm really frustrated about COVID. And like, actually, that's not a great approach for health. Absolutely. It's actually better to just be sorry, like, and be clear. And then later be like, hey, through that, I realized something. And I'm wondering, like, I have stuff going on that I haven't told you about. And I'm wondering yes. if we could talk about. And then what was a conflict becomes a connection. Like, Amen. what could have been moving you away from each other actually moves you toward each other. Mm -hmm. And that's what reassigning an emotion does. And then there's just like the third approach, which is that you respond. You're like, no, like when I process that, actually, yeah, my boundaries were crossed big time. Or like yes. the way that person just talked to me or like the way that went down, like I, I actually am feeling emotion appropriately. And now I do need to step into uh, a like a critical conversation with this person. And it, I, yes. my emotions were right. Like I can honor them. So you can do that in two minutes. You can be like, okay, I'm gonna re I'm gonna rewind the game tape about that exact moment. Do I need to release this emotion? Do I need to reassign it? Or do I, do I need to respond? I love that. I, and I love that you're all about tools because I love <laughs> you know, like, some tangibility. Pack, pack our, well, me too. I'm like, yeah. we, like, you know, we're doing this thing and I wrote the miracle moment actually works for anyone. It's, it's sort of um, driven toward general market, but there's a Bible study also that goes with it. And for those listeners here who are like pursuing the way of Jesus and want to walk with Jesus, that Bible study gives you all the biblical background for this. Mm. But I'm so passionate about like, Jesus really did say, by this, all men will know you're my disciples if you love one another. And like figuring out the job of loving one another is the, the, the actual work of our life. And, and, and that's why I love these conversations and I love the practical because if it ain't practical and your faith is about your one hour on Sunday or your one hour online on Sunday, and you don't, you're not like living in the classroom, like Jesus is your teacher. The classroom is your life. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm going to coach you through life. And the coaching actually happens in these little moments where we mm -hmm. begin to grow in our true, like righteousness in the sense of the way that we engage with love. Well, and there's so much, you know, we're taught, we're having this conversation surrounding self-awareness and there's so much humility required Yes, for self-awareness that it can almost hurt, like or not <laughs> yes. almost, like it does hurt. Sometimes yeah. self-awareness is, is painful. And I think I'm thinking about this in, in the two kind of quote unquote camps that we've talked about mm -hmm. of people who run off of their emotions and people who tend to kind of shut their yeah. emotions down, you know, and that those people fall into those shut up, blow up, give up camps. Yeah. And I kind of want to almost, what is your encouragement? Like individually, what mm -hmm. is you think the best thing? So for someone who is listening, who is like, 
oh, I am the one who I hear something, I feel something in response to that. And that feeling becomes the truth. And my Mm. response comes out of that. Yeah. What is like, what's the, the tangible miracle moment, like mindset shift that they can do. Yeah. And then we'll do the other camp, the other side. Yeah. Like we're not just ganging up on one side. (laughs) Well, we're, we're probably, you and I, I think are both very strong personalities. So we're allowed to, we're allowed to start there because it's our own reality, you know? Exactly. Um, I mean, I'll just, let me just, I'll just share a personal story um, in order to like address that one, because maybe that will feel more gentle for those of us who know, like we do that. And um, I think that for me, there's this, there's this question that I ask as a coach that like is very common, but the question is, how's that working out for you? And I think that if we are really honest with ourselves, there's a way that when we do that, we recognize that we're lacking maturity. Like mm-hmm. we're going to, we're going to lack the ability to see beyond the world that we're creating. And you know what? That's fine when you're 22, right. when you're 32 or 42 and your life starts to get very confined and small because it has to work the way that you've designed it to work. If that person is a Christian, what I would say is, have you considered this idea of laying down your life? And mm-hmm laying down your life means that there better be times where you feel pretty uncomfortable with your sin. Cause I think you're actually avoiding grace. And what's amazing about grace is that we actually have to realize that we need it. And then you get to experience it. And I would gently say to someone who's doing that and who's frustrated, cause you, you cannot get very long in life before you're going to be frustrated no. by that. It's going to, you're going to find- like stunted, like you're stunted yeah, you're, and you're, you're missing yeah. it's, it's so like much abundance. Yes, exactly. One of the things we say about in the miracle moment is taking the relationships you have to the relationships you want. Mm. And really, you have to come to a place where you recognize this isn't really working for me that great. I'm kind of lonely. I feel disconnected. No one seems to understand me. My relationships don't go deep or they end. Like I I seem to like cycle through friendships. You have to come to that point before you're going to be really ready for this book, to be honest with Mm. you. Like you got to decide that you want more. And if you don't, if you don't want more then it's kind of like Jesus, when he approaches the man who's been crippled, you know, crippled his whole life. And he's like, do you want to get well? So like, and then Jesus doesn't pick up the guy's mat for him. He says, right. okay, now that you want to get well, pick up your mat and go. And then sees him later and says, Hey, stop sinning, pursue this new life. So there is a rigor to the faith that requires us to get to a place. And I think, I mean, I'm not saying you should say this prayer, but anyone listening, like if you want more of God, you can just say, Hey God, I want more of you. And you might like, things might get worse before they get better Mm -hmm. because God's trying to break you out of some places of bondage. Like being bound by your emotion as your truth is actually very, very oppressive over time. Mm, Absolutely. And like I was saying, I think it, it stunts you and it keeps you from experiencing the abundance that can come in fruitful and healthy relationships. Yes. And openness to perspective. Right. Because that's the big right. thing is, am I open to like the fact that something I might have thought was my reality is not the full reality. Mm. And that actually is, that's the good news that Jesus invites people into. Jesus didn't invite people to, he didn't say to people, hey, you're a sinner and I'm here to save you from your sin. Although that's a part of the gospel. Actually, what Jesus said is the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm. Do you want to come live in a different reality? Because I'm here to usher in a new reality. So now we've got to apply that to our emotional life and say, is there any part of me that's willing to have my reality reshaped by a different perspective? 
And so what about the other side of that? The people mm-hmm. who maybe don't struggle with really big emotions and, and what I have found is therefore are the people who give up, who yes, shut up and give, give up, up, who yeah. are like, this is too, up. and honestly, even as a big personality, this, this camp is the camp I tend to fall in mm-hmm. of like, the, mm, this is a whole lot going on. Yeah. I've, I like tried for a minute, but like, I'm out. Like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you'll, re- yeah, as an eight, you'll retreat, but also like if, for those of you who are familiar with the Enneagram, Enneagram nine, Enneagram two, these are like main places where you're going to see this happen. And there's this passive part that's like, Hey, I would rather just like not rock the boat. Like, let's just, yes. and, um, I've had many clients like this. And one of my favorite questions to ask them is, Hey, what do you really like? And Ooh. like some of them are like, they don't, they don't actually know. Like dang, six, Enneagram six could be this way too. And I, I had a coaching circle last year during COVID and I had a girl, I wrote about her in the book. I, call, I called her up. I was like, Hey Lindsay, can I use your real name? Like, can I talk about you? Cause it's like my favorite story. Yeah. So we're on the call. We're on the call with a, uh, some other women and she's kind of struggling with these big questions of her life. And I'm like, Hey, well, what do you like? And she's like, I really don't know. I said, you don't know what you like and don't like, like your preferences or anything. So we said, okay, let's bring it way down. I was like, Hey, Lindsay, in the next week, I just want you to notice in your everyday life, what you like. I'm talking about, do you like that turkey sandwich or are you just used to always eating it? Like, yeah, you like those pants. Like, even if you just bought them and you don't like them, like say, you don't like them just. And so the next week she comes back and she's like, you guys, my whole kitchen is decorated with owls. I hate owls. I don't like owls <laughs> at all. I threw out, she's like, I threw out the salt and pepper shakers. I took down the curtains. I told my husband, I'm like, I don't even like owls. I don't even know why these are here. And she was so empowered oh by just gosh. a small thing. And that's a big part of the miracle moment is that I'm always pushing people towards the smallest thing. You guys, I am so excited to be partnering with Compassion International for the next few weeks to shine a light on the work they are currently doing in Brazil. Right now, there are over 4,000 children in Brazil waiting to be sponsored, and the crappy Christian community is going to do their part to help. So for $38 a month, you can provide education, supplements, health care, Christ-centered guidance, recreational activities, and the love these kids need to discover their true value in Christ through a relationship with a local church. This is just a really tangible way to be the hands and feet of Christ for kids who otherwise don't have access to the basic things they need to survive. And for the next few weeks, as a gift for you joining me in this movement, you will get free access to a really fun live event that I am hosting August 3rd when you sign up to sponsor a child. We'll be hanging out live on Zoom, answering questions, talking about all my favorite stuff. It's just going to be a really good time. So you can head to crappychristianco.com slash links to find out more information about sponsoring a child to sign up and get access to the live event. Please consider and pray about joining me in making a difference in these kids' lives. Okay, let's get back to the show. If you feel like you can't show up in a conflict, don't start by showing up in a conflict. Start by getting more in touch with like my own likes Absolutely. And, and expressing them because then you're waking up to yourself a little bit and then you can move toward those like bigger goals of like yes. waking up to yourself in conflict. That is, that's a great question. And I, I, what I love about both of the questions that you've asked of how is that working for you and what do you really like? Honestly, anybody can be asking themselves those two questions yes. in regards to 
to self-awareness. Now, as an Enneagram 8, like, I know what I like. Everybody around <laughs> me knows what I like. It's no problem. Like, I know, it's probably, like, it's always so shocking to imagine that there's people who aren't like that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I know, I'm like, I'll, and I'll, I'll let everyone, everyone can do what I like. And actually, that's one of my coachings for an Enneagram 8 is, like, hey, next time you go out, if you know, because we tend to surround ourselves with opposites. Mm-hmm. So, like, next time you go out, for instance, like, look to one of your quieter friends and be like, no, like, really, I really want you to pick the restaurant. Like, I don't, you yeah. know, like, you almost have to hold back a little bit to see if you can draw others out because they're so comfortable just going through life on your opinions. Yes. Oh, story of my, like things don't happen. Right. Then it short circuits as a conflict because instead of having the conflict, they're so not used to even speaking up at all that instead of having the conflict, they just peace out or it, it blows up. And that's a big thing. (laughs) Like, you know, what happens over time, if you don't know what you like, you don't know what you want, and you don't know how to express your boundaries, which we do talk about in the book, over time, you will become very resentful. And generally, and I I mean, this is my like, I do a tough love Tuesdays on social media. I'm like, my tough love Tuesday for next week is, hey, if you've been holding something against someone for a really long time, and then you blow up on them, that's actually on you. That's not on them. Like 100%. I've been on the receiving end of that, of someone totally losing it. Right. And you're just, uh, uh, you're left holding the bag. Like, that's right. I thought that you wanted me to pick the restaurant. You wanted yeah. me to like, right. Run the show. So I was just doing what I'm good at. And I think there's, there's responsibility on both parts there. Absolutely. But I, I, I would agree that I can't know what I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I can't know we, what has been communicated. Right. And in the, in the spirit of humility, we can also acknowledge as stronger women that there may be things that I need to do proactively 100%. in order, like, cause self-awareness is also others awareness. So if I'm going to have a strong, since God's given me a strong personality, I also have a responsibility to maybe be even better at yes. like, Hey, how did you receive that? How did you receive me? Does it feel like you have room to speak here or not? Yes. Like in the future, sometimes relationships like that are too far gone. I talk about in the book, there's three mm-hmm. things that you need to know if a person is safe. Like you can be in a relationship with them, honesty, empathy, and repentance. Like, mm-hmm. and there are times in my life where I have lacked all three. There are always things that are not as good. But when you look at the course of your life, and if you look at relationships that are strong and intimate, and I'm also not saying you can't be in relationship with people who don't have these things, but you will not have a depth of intimacy, connection. This is my ride or die. Like you can't if those things don't exist. So if I lack honesty, I'm not honest with myself. I'm Mm -hmm. not honest when a friend says to me like, hey, did I hurt your feelings? Like, are we okay? I'm not honest. Yes. Uh, I lack empathy. Like, again, this is for the eights. This is for the threes. This is for the eights. Like if I'm not willing to say, Hey, I do want to know it from your perspective. Mm-hmm. You've been holding something against me for six months. My feelings are actually hurt. But before I deal with my hurt feelings, I actually really do want to understand where you're coming from. And I am yes. able to say, when you explain it that way, I understand why that would hurt you. Like I, I have the ability to pursue empathy. And the third one is repentance, like the ability to say I was wrong and I can do something different and I will actually take action. If those are missing guys, if you're in a relationship right now and you're like thinking about it and you're like, oh, that's a consistent pattern that we lack. If it's your marriage, first of all, go to counseling. If it's Mm -hmm. a friendship or a professional relationship, it's your boss, it's a coworker, just know that's a yellow light 
relationship. Like you, you're going to need to like guard, you, you just can't like, you know, it's such a bad, weird phrase that people use, but you just like cannot jump in bed with that person. Like that is not no, the person yeah. you want to link, link your life with. Mm-hmm. If they're missing, if you can consistently see, if it's your in-laws, if it, you know, just, you can love that person, but you may need to change your expectations of what that relationship can actually look like over time. You will be a healthier person if you're able to see, hmm, this is going to be a yellow light relationship. Like we're going to take yeah. it to a certain level, but this is not the person to trust my deepest, darkest secrets to. This is not the person for me to be hundred percent vulnerable with. And that's okay. Like, yeah, I can love them and pursue them, but I may need to change my expectations of what I'm going to get out of this relationship. Absolutely. That's a huge thing that I talk about on my podcast and on my Instagram yeah. is relational intelligence and putting yes. people in their places and knowing Everybody doesn't have to be your ride, ride or die. They're not going to be your ride or die. That sometimes friendships are seasonal and that's okay. That's right. Like yeah. we get this weird, we get this weird idea that every fr- close friendship that you have is going to be with you until you're old and gray. And it's just yeah. not, it's just, yeah. I mean, some of them will, but sometimes like friendships are seasonal. Sometimes things change and yeah. we, I think, especially I found it feels like Christians are especially ill-equipped mm-hmm. to navigate that. Yeah, it's, I think it is. I actually think it's like really hard. Too. It I mean, is. Just, there's a part of it where like you and I are are great at ta- like generally talking about this stuff, right? Like people right. come to us. Like I have a friend who said to me, friends for a reason, friends for a season, friends for a lifetime. And mm. his mentoring was like, hey, and friends for a lifetime for a lot of people, that's just your spouse. It may be yeah. your spouse and like one other person. And if you had that much in your life, you would that's be amazing. Like, but it's yeah. a great little, tr- it's a great little tool. Right. But the reality is it's easy to talk about Blake, but it is hard. You know, there's, it's just hard. And one person may leave the other one, per- you know, like someone's going to decide on different timing, what kind of friendship this is. And there's mm-hmm. a loss there. Like it, there just is. And yeah. I think we, because we don't know how to even suffer well or lament, like then it's even harder because we have to acknowledge like, wow, like I wanted more out of this or I had an expectation or I had an idealized view of this relationship and this friendship. And I just need to take a minute, take a beat and like be okay with not being okay about it. Like, absolutely, I think that's a part of the process that can allow us to release and move to what God has for us in the next season. No, I completely agree. We, we've talked about tough relationships and kind of the terms of moving away from them. Yeah. But what about if you want to improve it? Like what if you're in a yeah. tough relationship and you want you want to make it work? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a great, that's what hopefully what most of us will do even before we would move away. You would hope there would be this middle and actually like the whole middle chunk of this miracle moment concept is around like, how do I actually communicate like do yeah. this thing. So um uh there's a it's a, a longer time than we have for right now. But I think <laughs> that that I, I really like that I've seen work that I think we sometimes miss is the idea of conveying commitment in order to create an environment of safety. Mm-hmm. So c- conveying commitment looks like, hey, let's go with a friendship. Hey, you are my dear friend. I consider you like a sister to me. I want to do what I can. I want to do everything that we can to make this relationship work out and be quiet, like pause. Yeah. Let the, let the other person validate that or not. Like 
And if they don't validate it, then I would say, ooh, like, okay, you guys already might be a little bit further gone than you, than you think you are. Mm-hmm. If the person can validate it, you guys have basically created rules of engagement. Like if you've both said we're committed to each other and we're like sisters, what happens next <laughs> allows you to actually like fight. Like you can, you can fight a little bit or you can say, say harder things because you've yeah. both conveyed a commitment because most of us go into conflict and we actually think like some part of our soul thinks we're going to die. It's like fight or mm-hmm. flight. Like yeah. we're so triggered. We're so triggered by the conflict. Um, I, I just read some research that said, if your heart rate's above hundred, you're already flooded and you can't even have an emotional conversation. So if you got to a, like a moment with a friend or you're like fighting with a friend and you can, or your husband or whatever, and you can tell your heart's beating super fast, you're already not in a position to actually pursue yeah. like healthy That's so interesting. So you're going to need to be able to do that. And think about your spouse. Think about saying to your husband, man, you are my most important person in my life. Mm-hmm. I love and respect your opinion so much. When you validate each other and then you're like, I do want to bring up this thing. It, it's, it's, you're giving yourself a gentle entry point, which is generally not what we do in marriage. What we yeah. do is yeah. you're driving me crazy. Or yeah, we snap, <laughs> we snap at the coffee pot. And then instead of apologizing, we actually say, basically, you made me do it because this mm-hmm. is what's happening with me. And so what we don't have is a gentle entry point. We have a we have a punching each other entry point. So conveying commitment actually allows you to set the rules of engagement to say, even though we're about to say hard things, we're doing it in a spirit of love. We're on the same team. Like we decided mm-hmm. to be on the same team about what we want. Now we can have a conversation and we can say and use some of the tactics and techniques that are in the book about how to actually state where you are to seek to understand their point of view, et cetera. All of the stuff that moves you towards to build symbols of your desire to reconcile. That's a big, another big thing that we talk about in the book is like, you can agree to actions. The action doesn't undo the breach of trust, Mm -hmm. but commitment to actions that symbolize your mutual desire to move forward. You can decide. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a story in the book about a a couple premarital there. Um, fighting about a cell phone and like when they use the cell phones and what it feels like. And so if you're the, if you're the woman and you say, I hate that you're on your cell phone all the time, what is the husband supposed or guy supposed to do at that point? Never be on a cell phone again. Like you have to actually work through some of the ways that you're going to symbolize an action that says, I hear you. I validate what you've said. This is the action that I'm going to take that represents my desire to move forward. If that makes Mm -hmm. sense. So it does as it, as it turned out, all they needed to make the, all they committed to was to not have cell phones at the dinner table. What started yeah. with, you're always on your cell phone and I hate it, turned to, oh, if you would just not bring your cell phone to the table, <laughs> that's all it really needed to be. But it yeah. felt like it was way up here. And then we brought it down to like a realistic level because they love each other. They wanted to work it out. They right. just needed to take, make that conflict, move them to connection, not to disconnection, to distance, to discord. Yes. That word validate. Mm-hmm. That I feel like that's such a takeaway that because it's not fake. I'm not yeah. fake validating you. I, if I'm telling you, I love you. We are on the same team. I want to work. I want to have a hard conversation and work this out. I mean that. Yeah. Right. Especially like specifically with my spouse or with somebody that you know has been a lifelong friend or a really close friend, and. I feel like that makes it almost like you against the y'all against the world right, versus you right. against one another. You know, my husband and totally. I always say, 
I would rather face hard things together mm-hmm. than hard things against one another. Mm-hmm. Even, and I've found, you know, marriage specifically that a lot of the hard things that we've encountered feel like they're us against each other, but they're not. Mm-hmm. They're the yeah, enemy against us. That's right. right. Like it's the enemy against us. It's the world against us. It's external. It's external factors. It's that if you're asked against us, you know what I yes. mean? It's like, I'm bringing all my insecurities that I've carried yeah. before this marriage before you that I'm hearing now. And I'm going to try to work them out like with you rather than saying, I want to share with you right where where i'm sensitive where i'm insecure where i'm anxious and you're going to now protect me like yes. from my own past like we can do that together um i just had a friend say man in the in the kingdom we are supposed to be back to back fighting for each other not fighting at each other and i just yes. love the picture of that of like how do we create a world where we're like man i am back to back with you like yes. so if ever we're turned against each other, we need to make that come back to this other place. And the validation is what actually helps people realize, oh, our relationship isn't on the line. We need to realize like, yes. have you ever been called into your boss's office? Have you ever had your boss say, hey, I need to talk to you today? Don't yeah. you immediately think, am I being fired? fired? Yeah. Right. So we are. we feel so threatened so quickly that something that's important to us is on the line that we come in guard up. Like we yes. already have our guard up. So when we validate or like convey commitment, we're making sure that we're not, a, we're not, Hey, this is our relationship is not on the line. I'm not going to yes. just walk away from you and That's say, we're never so friends important. Now we may get there like that may, our relationship may part, but this mm-hmm. conversation isn't that. And yes. man, how good that feels. Like, I mean, immediately when you get called into your boss's office, don't you want your boss to say, Hey, before you get started talking about this thing, I want you to know we're doing an amazing job. Yeah. yeah we're great. And I just, I want you to engage this thing with me. And then it's like, oh, right. some of us are flood, even, flooded before we even get there. Right. And even if they're not, even if the situation, you know, in a corporate or relational, even if it's not, you're doing great. Even if it's not, right. we're good. Even if it is like, you're dropping the ball in some places or we're struggling. If, if you're still hitting that even ground of, but your job isn't on the line, right. but our relationship isn't on the line then how much more receptive are we yeah. to hear those hard things? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You know, that is exactly right. Yeah. And same goes with our kids and our right. spouses, our friendships. It's, it's really everywhere. And the other thing about validation is you can validate someone's experience without apologizing. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to just defend. Like if someone says, explains their side of the story and you're like, that's not accurate at all. Like that's not the experience at all. You can actually just listen to their side of the story, empathize with what they say and validate, man, I can see how you would feel that way based on your experience. It's as simple as that, man. I bet it felt really like that must've given you a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. that you felt that way about the experience. Now, meanwhile, I'm over here thinking I didn't do anything to make yeah. that happen. That's you, but validating someone's experience is not taking ownership. It's not, it's really just empathizing. It's stepping over toward their side. And if you can get a person you're in conflict with to start nodding their head, like you say something and you can tell you've connected, you guys have had a moment, you've made a, they've, you're getting now at something really good. And what's interesting about doing that is a lot of times when that happens, the person themselves will start coming toward you without you even having to tell them to like, they'll be like, no, 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 I know. But I mean, really, truly, I was really stressed out. And like, they'll start to 
they'll start to own their part of the conflict without you having to own it for them. Okay. So now I'm like putting you in your own like coaching uh, seat for me. Okay. So what if you're in that situation and I actually know that this happens really often, which I'm sure you can attest mm-hmm. to. What if you're in that situation where they're trying to put something in your lap, they're trying to put mm-hmm. it in your, your bucket, they're trying to make it your fault. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of having that, that response of, ah, oh, this is not, this mm-hmm. is not what happened. Kind of like we were talking about earlier in the show, right? Of, their, it feels like their emotions are telling mm-hmm. them what the truth is. And they, that moment never comes where they start nodding their head. That moment never comes where they tar- start taking their own ownership. What, like, what do you do with that? Yeah. Well, that goes back to that, like, right. Three parts to a right. person. But I would say, especially as an eight, you want to be really sensitive to own all that you can. That mm-hmm. is a huge part of conflict is, mm-hmm. and it's, this is the lay down your life part as a Christian, you may think like this person is 98, 8% responsible for how and crazy. Like, and they're crazy. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and that, and I, I mean, that is a great, like, once you put your guard up and you say, this person is responsible for it and they're crazy, you're going to withdraw. You're just going to say, nope. So yep. what is a, is a challenge for you, Blake, is to actually step in and say, of everything I'm hearing, is there anything I can own? Absolutely. At all. <laughs> so I own all that I can. So, hey, it sounds like you've been hurt for a long time by me. And even though I know it wasn't intentional on my part, I can only imagine like how hard it would be mm-hmm. to feel so misunderstood by me. And mm-hmm. I'm really, really sorry about that. Yeah. Then you could say, how can we move forward differently? So it's, it's almost like it's really hard, but you're basically allowing you're taking on an authentic apology without asking them to apologize and being like, but, oh, by the way, that really hurt me. Like, can you try to get in my shoes? Tell me, but you can say, what can we do moving forward? And then moving forward, the minute that it happens again, now you actually pursue the conflict. Does that make sense? Like absolutely move forward. And then if you feel it happening again, you stop to say, Hey, I'm feeling a little misunderstood by you. So now you're in the driver's seat. If that, yeah, you take turns. I love that. Yeah, you take turns, and it's it's this mutual understanding that we're human, that we're bringing. Like you were saying, we don't just bring our own baggage to our marriages; we bring them to our friendships, we bring them to our relationships with our kids. But you're, I love that you're giving people tools to navigate that because yeah. I think so often we feel thrown in the deep end when it comes to you know these Christian relationships when they get tough. So tell people where they can find you, follow you, find your book yes, up with you, I'm all the over. things. Yeah. So I host a podcast called let's be real. So similar to you, Love like just that. To engage with, and you're, you're going to come over. So it's going to be, yes. Great. Um, you can go find out about the book at Nicole That's my website slash miracle moment. And that will give you lots of stuff, but comes out May 18th. And, yeah. um, would love you to jump over on socials. You guys will find me because we'll post this podcast, but yeah. I would love to uh, share the love of like both of us being as real as possible. Like one thing I love is that you've been super real about your own life. And I just feel like that's kind of our responsibility, right? Like we're like, we got the mic. So we better yeah. tell y'all the truth that we are not good at this. <laughs> no, here's all the ways I've messed it up just yeah. in this specific conversation. Yeah, Here are some ways so I didn't, right. haven't done this well. So I think hopefully but there's so this- much hope for like yes. a better future. And that's part of this is when we start to deconstruct conflicts, people can feel really bad about themselves. I'm like, guys, 
this is the classroom. Like Jesus wants to be yes. your teacher in love and it's going to be your whole life. Like, and if we can just show up in the classroom and be like, I'm here to learn, like I'm, I'm practicing, like I'm not, mm -hmm. perfect. I'm not perfecting. I'm just practicing. And God's like giving us all of these awesome opportunities to do that together. Let's just like jump in and be yeah. not people who are perfect, but people who know grace. And Amen. that's what's so attractive to others. Amen. Nicole, thank you so much for taking the time to Thanks just kind of give us some me. tools to put in our toolbox. I loved this conversation. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.